Game begin. Hello and welcome to Dadgum Nerds, your podcast for family first fanboy fun. I'm your host, Andrew. I'm Zach. I'm Brett. This is episode 68, where we have yet another guest for you guys. Freelance producer and crew member on Marvel movies and DC's Doom Patrol, Mr. Chenzi Graziano. Uh, hey, everybody. Hey, uh, Graziano. I, you guys. I'm Italian. <laughs> couldn't tell. Could not tell at all. Like, seriously, you guys are in for a treat tonight. Chenzi's an awesome guy. Looking forward to talking with him. If you like what well, you hear on this Andrew ep- thinks so. No, we'll true. see after this episode if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're you're on the chopping block, Gen Z, apparently. Oh, boy. No, well, no who, pressure. You just have to prove yourself by the end of this episode. You've got 90 minutes. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, if you like what you hear on this episode and Gen Z is up to snuff, we'd love it if you subscribe on YouTube and follow us on your podcast. <laughs> we, okay, back up. we really did not mean to make this so high pressure. Wow. <laughs> we, we like we're trying to oh, be like banter. Is and this is easy. Uh, okay good yeah you have to remember this this guy is like on real film crews uh, and sets yeah like yeah he's like there's not a first ad telling me to do anything right now i'm chill (laughs) well before we get going let's stop and get to know chenzi a little bit got a few important questions for you you ready for some rapid fire let's do it well what part of the world are you in so i'm in atlanta georgia or more specifically decatur georgia uh, and I live in a home and I got my two film roomies and we all kind of just love movies and we're all about it. We all work in the industry and, uh, That's awesome. yeah. And there obviously you your switch aficionados based off of your background podcast yeah. listeners, he's got a nice switch framed up right behind him. So he's Big also, guy. and he's also one of the bigger, um, kingdom hearts fans that I know. And, uh, so what was your reaction uh, to Sora coming to smash? Oh, I was thrilled. Uh, yeah, I've anyone that knows Chenzi from middle school, <laughs> if any of you guys are listening, they're laughing because they know I was more obsessed than all of them. And I came to the table late uh, with Kingdom Hearts and I wow. literally bought every single console to play. I still own every single game for every console, like as you should, huge yes. Kingdom wow. Hearts, except wow. for the new whatever the medley music. Oh, yeah, yeah. the little the rhythm one. Yeah. Now that I'm, I'm done after three. I'm I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Cool. So as far as your video game background, that one's pretty key, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a cornerstone for sure. Pun <laughs> number one. Yep. Maybe he's right. <laughs> We're gonna do a little this or that. Film or digital? Ooh, uh, when I'm watching film, hell yeah. When I am making something, digital's way cheaper. <laughs> That's the truth. That is so great. Spoken like a real producer. I'm not Chris Nolan. <laughs> I don't uh, like printing money. How about series or films? Ooh, I have to say uh, films. All right. Okay. Can live with that. How about animation or live action? I am a huge, I love the animated medium, but I, uh, I don't want to pick one. I just okay. love both. Okay. I love both. <laughs> All right. We'll take the political answer on Easy that one. Out. That's your one out. How about streaming or theaters? Ooh, well, so many movies have been coming back to theaters. I got that AMC A-list card. Oh, nice. I've been there like three or four times this month already and I'm loving it. Okay. The Dolby, the Dolby Atmos. Ah, oh, forget it. Uh, I love it. There you go. Well, how about this? Uh, this is sure to get an answer. Marvel or DC? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, wow, my answer gonna... could cost me work. In this <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like contractually, I cannot answer you. <laughs> I'll tell you, I we'll, have to kill you. <laughs> we'll, we'll pass on that for now. Well, let's do some favorite things. How about a favorite video game? Well, Kingdom Hearts is real important, but I do really love those original three Crash Bandicoots on PlayStation. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, the Insane wow. Trilogy. Crash Bandicoot. Yep. Warped. <laughs> <laughs> Been a while. How about your favorite film or series? What's top of list right now? Just wow. pick the first one. Just the first one. Uh, Back to the Future is my all-time favorite movie. Love it. I love Scott Pilgrim. I love. Okay. Uh, there's a, there's this uh, Polish filmmaker that made this movie called Three Colors Blue. Really oh. artsy. Really beautiful. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of other ones too I could throw. There's even some back here, but we'll keep on moving because I'll talk okay. about that for three hours. <laughs> uh, another time. Another, maybe another the, episode, yeah. Maybe the after show, we'll figure it out. Well, how about your favorite director? Ooh, I really love Edgar Wright. I love what he does. Yeah. He does not get enough credit, I feel like. Uh, I mean, he just came out with Last Night in Soho, which was fantastic. Okay, Really yeah. different for him, but really cool. I've heard good things about that one. Yeah. All right. Baby Driver was really cool too. I, I worked on that for like two weeks. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That fun. Your favorite superhero. My favorite superhero. Ah, uh, you know, I really loved Superman for a long time because I loved the Smallville series. Yeah. I collected Death of Superman comic books growing up. Oh. But then as I continued growing up, he kind of became more and more boring of a character. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I mean, I mean, come on. Come no. on. No, I don't we'll agree with that. No, the Superman, the Superman Lex Luthor dynamic. Come on, that's something special you got going on. I mean, Smallville was special, but you know, come on. All right, so <laughs> man, favorite, when, the, but, when the backstory is better than the actual story, <laughs> yeah, you know, character developments, you know, not being perfect all the time. Well, no, then you don't like Captain America. I mean, no, Captain America's cool. You saw him in Infinity War. He like turned his back on the government and everything. He was just I, he grew a beard. Superman <laughs> doesn't grow a beard. Yes, he does. In sir, anyway, I'm I'm gonna get off this soapbox. <laughs> gonna get off the soapbox. How does he shave? We does still, he have to shave with kryptonite? Actually, like, there is a his laser eyes. It that's actually right. is laser eyes in a mirror. That's actually that's how right. it works. Are <laughs> yeah. Wow, that just made it even worse. Yeah. Kind of. All right, guys. Well, before we start, so is that laser hair removal? <laughs> we, <laughs> we actually still don't know Chenzi's favorite superhero. We never oh, that's true. We talked over. Yep. Uh, okay, so you must. Pick I mean, a favorite. I really love the Raimi Spider-Man movies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just recently rewatched them, so I gotta go with. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Who, who knows? You may see him again here real soon. We don't well, know. I may know, and I cannot say. Okay. Oh, interesting. <laughs> again, I could lose work. Dang yeah, it. yeah, right. All right. Well, hey, before we start, anything happened to you guys in Dad Life this week? Well, Rowan, uh, it, it's funny. Every parent will know that there's something called the sick cycle. And it is if uh, one kid gets sick, if they're mm -hmm. under the age of five, everyone in the family is going to be getting sick yeah, because right there's, now. there's no way to tell a two year old to not sneeze directly into your face while you're changing their diaper. Like there's just there's no <laughs> way. So we were in the cycle of the sick cycle and Meredith was reading Rowan this book. And what Meredith said was, would you like to look at the pictures? Mm hmm. And then she doesn't know why, but Rowan proceeds to lick all of the pictures on the book. 
And she's like, Rowan, what are you doing? And Rowan looks at her like so confused. And she was like, wait. And I mean, she's just gotten this really bad call. She's like, did you think I said, would you like to lick all of the pictures? <laughs> and Rowan goes, yeah. <laughs> and so it's funny what kind of miscommunication you can have between <laughs> look at book, all the pictures and lick all the pictures in this book. That's amazing. And what's funny is he was just like, okay, mom, this is a bit weird, but. <laughs> oh, taste a bit woody <laughs> therefore yeah, everybody had the cold going on i love it mm-hmm. well hey guys let's start this discussion so chenzi welcome again to the show well you Thanks didn't go anywhere again yeah <laughs> i mean it was just, it was just for transition. continuing to have me yes <laughs> That's why I said again. Anyway, whatever. Gen Z Graziano is a freelance producer with many noteworthy films to his name. However, most notably, he has produced a documentary called Todd McFarlane, Like Hell I Won't, that follows the career of a legendary comic book artist uh, who's behind the names of like Venom and Spawn. And uh, this documentary got picked up by the Sci-Fi Channel, which is super cool. Yeah. He has also worked on Marvel's Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok and is currently gearing up for his fourth season on DC's Doom Patrol streaming on HBO Max. He's got a ton of other stuff to his name, so be sure to check out his IMDb page. But we are honored to have Chenzi Graziano with us here at Dadgum Nerds today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, super cool to be here. <laughs> well, for starters, anything that, uh, you want to add to that? Anything I missed? Sure. Uh, something kind of related, unrelated. Uh, I'm developing a movie themed adult party card game, but I'll tell you more about that later. Oh, okay. uh, all right. Can you, can you give a pitch for it? Is it like exploding kittens meets monopoly or it's kind of like <laughs> cards against humanity meets Mad Libs, but we'll, okay. we'll, we'll huh. dive into it more. Later. Okay. All right. Okay. I need more words, but we can save those words for later. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brett, so Brett and I have known Shenzi for what seems like ages at this point. Uh, we all went to school together and he actually produced our senior project for us, which looking back from where you are now, it's, that's kind of just like incredible to realize. Um, Shenzi, how have you dealt with the emotional scars incurred by being involved with creating the owner? (laughs) Well, uh, when you reached out to me two months ago, I was like, I can't be on this podcast after how horrible that was. <laughs> I know it's been almost 10 years, but it feels like it was yesterday. I Time, just got uh, done with therapy, guys. Time does <laughs> not back. heal all wounds. <laughs> no, it's it's actually crazy because that was the first project I really like truly produced. So it's cool kind of coming full circle now and uh, talking to you guys on this podcast and, you know, being able to go through, you know, where I'm at now, what's going on. And uh, I mean, you guys saw like the very beginning of that. So it's kind of cool. Which is hard to believe, which uh, listeners, he probably won't be tooting his own horn, but Chenzi was a boss producing that project. And if that was your first one, that just speaks to the the caliber of producer that you are these days. So good job, man. Thank you. Good job. Good job. I appreciate that. Way to owner it. Yeah. One of the reasons why I thought, yes, Chenzi would be a good producer for this is because he had a ton of connections there at the university and was yeah. able to pull together a film crew in like three days, which was That's right. you guys had You guys like, yeah, it was a very last minute. Pro- I remember you guys approached me. It was like two weeks before. Yeah. And the script was so big. And I was like, oh, 
Okay, let's do it. <laughs> had special effects and everything I inside of it. Skipped a bunch of classes those two weeks. <laughs> and since yeah. it was your first project, I mean, I didn't producing... finish, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> All because of you guys. It was us. I can't believe it. So I think it worked out okay. Yeah, so, I think so I think so. So speaking of working out okay, so what in the world happened after college? Like, how did you get into the Atlanta film scene specifically? So my best friend from f- film school, Dan Rayner, he, uh, oh, yeah. he was always a, ca- a camera dude. Yeah, you guys remember Dan. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He, sure. I helped him move to Georgia. I think it was January 2015. And like six months later, he's like, Chenzi, I'm working on this race car movie, this indie race car movie. And have you done camera work before? And I was like, sure, I have. I, I, no, I never touch a camera. I haven't touched a camera then. I don't touch, touch a camera now. Nope, nope. But I, I, I. But you were a camera operator. You know that phrase, fake it till you make it? Uh-huh. I was like, Dan, of course I've done. Of course I've second AC before. Duh. Don't I have an remember? iPhone. I yeah, can work no, with a camera. Um, so he's like, all right, come on down. I need a replacement second AC. So I, I drive down that summer, 2015. And uh, I start helping him on this movie and I'm like laughably bad at first. Uh, <laughs> luckily yeah. that night he realized I lied to him and he's like, hey, I'm going to teach you right now. And by, the end of that, by the end of that project, like two, three weeks later, I was a pro at, at doing the slate, yeah. and like, you know, but um, so then he was like, dude, you should, you should move down here. We can live together again. Like we did in college. So I was yeah. like, that sounds cool. So I dropped out of film school. And I, I moved in with my buddy, Dan. That's awesome. And I kind of like hustled, like, you know, I didn't have two, you know, pennies to rub together, but I was hustling, going to every single like networking event, meeting everyone I could just, you know, uh, trying to get plugged in. And eventually I met, uh, I met some people and then um, I was able to get part-time work on this uh, Warner brothers show called the originals oh yeah wow it's a spinoff of vampire diaries i'm not the biggest fan of the whole vampire thing but like it was a really cool show to work on because it was like a big warner brothers cw show and i was working there kind of part-time and then i had met enough people where i was working there like two or three days a week and then my other two or three days i started working on like i got a couple days on baby driver or a couple days on black panther or i started just slotting in all my days that's cool and it was really cool because i was working five day weeks after working like a reality show day here or there, mm. you know, and, and living yep. on Little Caesars and Taco Bell. So it was oh, a yeah. change of pace. Do not smear the name of Taco Bell. I mean, I still eat Taco Bell. I love it. But when you have to eat it is when you're in <laughs> right. trouble. Different well, the way you mix up your diet is like, all right, is it a mild, a hot, or a caliente night on the sauce? <laughs> that's the most variety I have. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so that's, that's kind of like what happened after film school in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, in a hard shell. <laughs> nice. <laughs> My gosh. So, um, so you got originals was kind of the first big show that you got down here in Atlanta. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you found your way onto a Marvel film set uh, before you made your documentary like hell I won't. Black Panther was the first followed by Thor Ragnarok, correct? So, yeah, I mean, I worked on a lot of different projects. Uh, I spent a month on basically I got full time staffed on the original season four. I had done part time on season three. After that ended, they didn't just go right into another season. So I started okay. trying to find work on different things and I. Mm-hmm got a call to work on uh, Black Panther and I was set PAing, day play PAing on that for like about yeah. a month. 
and it was really cool because uh it was black panther like it was a marvel movie yeah you know i saw avengers when i was like a senior in high school so i remember you know that was such i saw that the premiere night and i was like i gotta work for those guys one day Mm -hmm. and then i got to and that was really fun and i i could have kept working uh, on that movie but I was set peeing and I, you know, I wanted to go back into producer mode because I had produced yeah. a lot of short films in college. And I was like, okay, I kind of know how being on set works, but I want to get back in the office because that's where all the paperwork is. That's mm-hmm. where all the meetings happen for the you know, pre-production. And so I just wanted to get back in the office and um, I was able to go to a show called Game Night, this Jason Bateman comedy. And I yeah, was yeah. there. Um, and then I was able to, be a producer assistant. I told the coordinator on that show, that's like what I wanted to do um, because I wanted to be, you know, learning from the best and kind of seeing what was in the day-to-day of a producer. So she put my name in for a couple of shows. I did one show as a producer assistant. And then I worked back in the office on this movie called First Man for like 10 months. Ryan Gosling. Yep. Dave yeah. Giselle. Really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, but after that is when I scored my Thor Ragnarok job, which was hands down one of the coolest jobs I've done in Atlanta because they were doing reshoots because they were shooting Infinity War at the same Mm -hmm. time. So they had to bring the production from Australia back to Atlanta. And it was three weeks. The movie was in the can array. They just were seeing if they could get better improv jokes, you know, aside from shooting one one scene that they already i mean again they had the whole movie so so that's it's low pressure for a marvel set that's kind of what i'm hearing and uh at least you know from all the sets i've been on and it was taika watiti yeah i was brought in to be taika watiti's uh local atlanta assistant no so for three weeks i hung out with taika oh that's fun it was so much fun Okay, so so much fun. So I have to ask, obviously, what the 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 million dollar question is, what's the guy like? I mean, we obviously have, you know, see interviews and that kind of thing, but he is exactly who you think he is. Oh, my God. That's what's great (laughs) about Taika. Like, there's a lot of people. It's like, oh, they must be so much fun. You're like, no, they're a nightmare. No, Taika (laughs) is he's like just an explosive energy on set. So funny. That's great. Uh, Half the time he was in like, um. He was in the um, the like the gray VFX suit. Oh, wow. the Korg outfit. Basically. Oh, for Korg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for Korg. And uh, it it was yeah. He's just running around in that little spandex pajamas. He's like, oh, it's so comfortable. Like, <laughs> I think he wanted to take him home. But uh, there was, there was this, this suit rocks. Yeah, no, but the best was uh, I think it was like the second weekend. Uh, there was someone on the crew. It was like their birthday party. I, I know Taika likes to party is like mm-hmm. what he's known for. And so I was like, Hey, Taika, like this crew member, they're having a birthday party. Like, here's the address. Like if you wanted to go. And uh, I remember, you know, I went and he showed up and we got no. a little tipsy. We were dancing on the tables in the place. <laughs> we almost got kicked out. Like they were like, wow. down there. I wish somebody took a video or like a photo. Like I never really want photos with the famous people. Cause it's like, it's a weird, like, let me take my photo with you. So I sure. look good. on. so like, yeah. it's just it's a weird, mm-hmm. like fake. Th- so yeah. like, but that's like the one time like, dang, I wish somebody, <laughs> I wish I did it. Like, like, ah. But uh, that's incredible. Know. So it's, uh, yeah. So yeah, work it. So Taika, yeah, he's cool. That's awesome. Uh, so, so you got, you got Taika with tipsy with him there on the tables. <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> ah, well, did you get a chance to interact with, uh, any other, any other notable names on the crew, either on black Panther or, uh, Thor Ragnarok? 
so on Black Panther, not so much. Uh, although I did see Stanley film his scene. I was there oh, that day, wow. and his trailer said "The Gambler" because that was his little like uh, I love that little thing. And then when I was doing Thor Ragnarok, they shot Stanley's. Uh, I believe it was his End Game, his Ragnarok, and his Ant Man the Wasp, which hadn't even started filming yet. Wow! All three of those in the same day. And so I was like there for that. And that was really cool, you know, especially because he's not, you know, yeah. with us anymore. Sure. That was like such a special little like, oh my gosh. And all the takes they did with him and Thor, like cutting the hair, like there were so many funny ones. Chris Hemsworth is hilarious. I okay. mean, there it was, huh. he was saying all these funny, th- I can't even remember <laughs> half of them, but he would say all these funny things when, when, uh, you know, Stanley's coming in the cut hair. And, yeah, no, oh, Chris is hilarious. I get I get that vibe because he seems to really resonate with when they kind of turn that corner on Thor um, from kind of being more overly serious to Thor Ragnarok Thor to um, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, to Chris Hemsworth Thor to the dude Thor. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I just I get the vibe that he's just he's all about having just a good time while he's filming. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat, though. Um, So obviously we have no context on being what a on what a Marvel set is like, aside from, you know, just some behind the scenes videos and all that kind of stuff. But we, we can only Marvel. Mm -hmm. Yep. We can only, uh, what are some things that people like, what can you tell us about the Marvel machine? So the Marvel machine is a very well oiled one. Uh, you know, like any big film set, there's an etiquette to, you know, who you talk to, who you don't talk to, you know, Mm -hmm. um, when there's a problem that arises, who you go to versus who you don't go to. Um, you know, something that a lot of Marvel projects do, I believe they still do it, uh, is something called French Hours. And a normal film set day can be anywhere from 12 to like yeah. 17, 18 hours, although that's all changing now, which is fantastic for right. the crews because it's just not safe. Um, yeah. But what happens is every six hours by union rules, uh, people are supposed to break and eat lunch. Right. And if they don't, it's called a penalty. And so they get a little bit more money. Um but what, oh. Mar- what Marvel does is, um, I think it's basically French hours. They shoot 10 hours straight. They use something called walking lunch where lunch is served, yeah. but it's just given to them while they work. And right. then at 10 hours, you wrap and that's it. Okay. And hmm. uh, it's a really effective way to do things. Um, you know, it, it kind of evens out because the overtime hours you would have been paying anyway in hour 11 and 12 versus the penalties, like, it's just, it's a really right. effective way to work. It doesn't work for every type of uh, filming, especially if you have company moves, like in the middle of the day, like mm, right. yeah. if you're filming on a studio lot, great. You're just like in one stage. But if you're like, oh, I need to go, you know, down the street to this other location, sometimes uh, it can get a little sticky. Uh, but that's, that's primarily what Marvel sets are known for is doing those French hours. Um, so yeah, that, that's that. how it could be a little, a little different. And how did it get that name? Just because they're like, eh, we do not do break until we are done. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, basically in France uh, or, it, you know, in that part of the world, that's, I believe, normal? that's how they, they do it. That's awesome. So that's why it's called French Hours. Oh. Uh, I'm, hey, if one of the listeners wants to call me out on it and I'm wrong, then okay. <laughs> uh, hey, to me, I, I'd work 10 hours straight in a heartbeat if it meant I didn't have to work a 17 hour day. Yeah, that's true. This yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although it probably happens periodically, Chenzi. I'm I'm so sorry. I'm sure they go. You know, luckily I'm not always on. I'm not really. I go to set, but I work more in an office okay. uh, with what I've been doing recently with Doom Patrol. 
but gotcha. I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, are there some things that people may not know about being on a Marvel set? I know you talked a little bit about the, you know, the etiquette that's a part of it, but just more context on just kind of what, what a Marvel set is like. Well, I know the electric, song... well, I know the electric team, you can only use alternating current. <laughs> you cannot use DC current. No, can't use DC that's a deep that's a deep <laughs> joke right there uh, yeah man. i read the context but i don't he, know what you said <laughs> i guarantee you zach wrote that down before the show started show us the notepad yeah, oh, there yeah. It is. there's the notepad there it is. yeah oh, you're like, did, home. he held up a were, notepad did you really think i wouldn't write down an electric pun <laughs> shocker <laughs> Oh, oh my! Uh, that comes that comes free of charge. Wow. <laughs> so so if you guys have awards on this thing, Zach clearly gets king of dad jokes. This is uh, my creative have, outlet. You have no idea. You have no <laughs> idea. Uh, so uh, with the Marvel set, there are there is so much secrecy. I mean, any Jeremy. IP brand has secrets, but like I think I was working on Black Panther at the time, and that was what twenty seventeen. Yes, yeah, and like they did away with paper. Like, there's something we get every night, oh. every day called the call sheet. Yeah, which is a document that shows when the crew shows yeah. up. It shows what's filming. It shows everyone that's working when they show up. It just has all the information for the day, and it's used for crew members to know when to be there for the accounting purposes in the studio, right. and it's used for everything. Usually, you get a paper copy of that at the beginning or end of every day, and. Marvel stopped doing that. It was only digital. I think you had to have, I wasn't in the loop on that. So I think you had to have like a Marvel email or your email needed to be vetted. Like it changed all over. So like wow. people didn't know at the bottom, like what's going on. And like <laughs> granted, you know, knowledge is power. It's good to know what's going on, but Marvel holds on very tight. Like rightfully so. I mean, you yep. know, they're like the biggest thing ever. So, I mean, it's like working on a Star Wars thing. You're, you won't know it's a Star Wars thing until it's in the theater, probably. Well, so <laughs> the the Disney ninjas are deadly. There yeah, are people. No, it's yeah, it's wild. Uh, so that's like good luck getting any pay. Like everything's digital, everything, wow. and then you have to have like special clearance to receive said digital documents, and it can get really frustrating at times for like I'd imagine for an assistant of like a cast member or a director or producer, like if they're not because they're not always granted the things they need, and sure. uh... you know. Got but uh, I mean, it I really, yeah. it didn't really bother. It didn't really affect me on Thor as much because he had his LA assistant. He had me, and and so the LA assistant was dealing with like the paperwork office end, and I was dealing with like the everything on set day to day. Okay, uh, okay. Taika. So you know that's not an area where it got in the way. Thankfully, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so you eventually found your way to the DC dark side. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so right now you are currently on, uh, working on the D, uh, the doom patrol TV set gearing up for that fourth season. Um, so how in the world did you find your way on a doom patrol? So, um, I had just gotten finished assisting Mel Gibson on this movie called boss level. Oh, and just oh. Yeah, yeah. small yeah, name just, like his. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Old Mel. He, he was a lot of fun. He actually, I was really scared, but like he was a really chill dude. Really? Was cool. He was a cool dude. Like, and I mean, some people might not think so, but if you worked with them, I mean, at least when I worked with them, he was cool. To, he was good to me. So okay. a lot of assistants have, you know, get, have a lot of uh, bad experiences with a lot of different people, but he was good to me. So oh, that's know, good. I, I'm, I'm glad. But uh, 
I mean, I love I love his movies, so it's I'm happy he yeah, was nice yeah. to me. <laughs> but uh, well, I'm glad you had the passion to assist him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Some would say it was Christ-like. Uh, <laughs> I mean, only a brave heart oh, can boy. be an assistant to Mel Gibson. You don't want to be a Mad Max or anything around him. All right, we're no, gonna stop. You gotta Zach, be a true He's like, oh no, uh, I've caught the Zach. I've caught the Zach. Uh, the Yoakum, the Yoakum, it's got me. No, um, so uh, you know, I, so I was looking for my next gig, and uh, there was like a little bit of lull in work in town. And I reached out to my old boss on the originals, and she had told me that a show across the pond was gearing up called Doom Patrol. I had no idea what Doom Patrol was, but a right. producer over there needed an assistant, and so I got an interview, and I went in, and. Uh, the guy essentially, his name is Gideon, uh, Gideon Amir, really awesome dude. He hired me right on the spot. And so huh. I was there like day one of wow. Doom Patrol. Wow. And, uh, Just doom. There it is. Doom, there it is. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm curious, what is a, what is an interview like that? Like, so it's a lot of times you just, there's so much filming. They just, someone gets a resume seeing you, you've done stuff before for, big shows or you know high profile clients and they go can you start wow you know that happens a lot because there are so atlanta is so busy you know Mm -hmm. um that the luxury of like weeding people out now that's not how every job works but Mm -hmm. that's generally how it goes at least in atlanta um so you know i was very fortunate that you know i guess my resume was good enough and my references were good enough and uh that you just got hired on spot yeah yeah, I mean, that was already, that was 2018, July 2018. And, uh, you know, so that first episode of Doom Patrol was insane. I mean, it was so big. I don't know if any of you guys have seen the show, but there's like- Seen bits and pieces. Four or five different decades. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like an hour long. There's big action sequence. Like we had 15 days to do it. It ended up being 18 days. And we had like, Ooh. I think Wait, five think- or six weeks to prep it. Wait, wait. Oh my gosh. For a full hour long episode in a TV show like that. <laughs> that is ridiculous. And it didn't get any easier from there. Oh. <laughs> it's wild what we do on that show. I mean, and the, the amount of what the right, the creative things, the writer is right. And then how the crew t- transforms it into reality to actually show up on the day to film it. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot. A lot of meetings, a lot of scheduling, a lot of rescheduling, a lot of pickup <laughs> days, a lot. It's that show is a labor of love. Uh, it is it is wild. It's a wild time. And there's not many of us left from the first episode. So that's also like a little badge of honor. Well, okay, that I well, you're carry the OG. With me. You're on the OG you know, crew. There's, there's there's a couple of us left from the pilot days. I think probably I could probably count them on one hand, actually. It's not wow. that many people. Wow. So what survived that first season? So what is being on a set like Doom Patrol? What what is that experience like? Well, with television, you're constantly uh, prepping, shooting, and wrapping all at the same time. Whereas a movie, you just you prep it, you shoot it, you wrap. Basically, as soon as you start filming um, an episode, the next episode is prepping at the same time. So there's key players like. Uh, the first AD or uh, the DP, which is the camera guy. Uh, uh, there's the director, new director that comes in and they're all prepping next episode. Now when, in season three, I don't know what's happened for season four, but in season three, we did something called block shooting, which means 
you film two episodes and schedule two episodes at the same time. So a director would come in and prep for a month and prep two episodes. And then it's like one day you might be filming, you know, the first episode, the next day you're filming the second episode or half the day is your first episode, half the day is okay. your second episode. Like, you know, let's say all the scenes in the dining room for the two episodes, well, we're going to bang those out in these two, two, three days. You're, you're going to get the dining room scenes from both of those two episodes. And that's right, it's okay. just like efficient, Woo. Uh, you know, I, that's a lot efficient of from a logistical standpoint. Uh, I mean, what a talent for the directors and even the actors to step into these different parts of the scripts that, you know, on, on a whim, uh, wow. it's, you know, it's wow. quite the skill. That's so, remarkable. Yeah. Doom Patrol. I mean, we just, we hit the ground running and it's always overstuffed and, and like insane, but we get it done and it's streaming on HBO max now. So check it out. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Check it out. So there's more seasons than I keep working. <laughs> well, speak, well, and speaking of more seasons too, um, you, we just recently found out from the DC fandom that Doom Patrol is indeed getting that fourth season. When did you find out that that was the case? So I have to be careful of my answer here because okay, everyone well, always bugs me. Everyone always bugs me. Like, so is there a new season yet, Z? I'm like, even before we we stopped uh, filming last season, and it's like when a show gets canceled or is finished, there's something called a hard wrap, mm. where it's like you sell off assets, you you know, you mm. cut leases to buildings, you uh, just logistical boring things that like because right. we rent we rent a building, we rent out all this different space. We have all these different vendors and rental equipment. And like, if we were canceling the show, all that stuff would be going bye-bye. Now, sometimes the studio holds on to it for a little bit and then they'll release it all, but it doesn't make financial sense to like mm -hmm. let go of everything, um, everything, everything in between seasons. Right. Uh, so I kind of had like a feel for it, but I mean, this is a crazy industry. Anything can happen at any time. Sure. You know, I can tell you right now, I'm going back for season four and season four can magically just not happen. It's just okay. like mm. things happen all the time. But when they announced it at Comic-Con, I was very happy. I think like a week or two <laughs> before that, like I believe the writer's room opened. So that's kind of like, I was looped into some emails and I was like, okay, like, yeah, it's, it's definitely happening or else they wouldn't open a writer's room. But it was, uh, I mean, at Comic-Con is, I mean, you don't announce it at Comic-Con then not do it. Right. It, it could, it could um, happen, but it's very unlikely, you know? Right. That's at that point you have to deal with fan ire, uh, for, for canceled <laughs> season. Oh, which and at Comic-Con rabid fan ire. So, uh, is there anything that you can tell us about the upcoming season? I'll, I'll take whatever you give us. All I know is I'll be back in a few weeks and then yes. I'll be reading all the scripts and I still won't be able to tell you. So, oh, oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, Good answer. Good answer. But I can tell you, I will be going back this season as a, a coordinating producer instead oh, of a producer assistant. Oh, look at you. Congratulations. I am excited about that. I'm very excited about that. Oh, so, that's awesome. So then, am I, let me just ask a little spinoff question then. So what's the difference between a PA, the work that you've done in the past, between that and a coordinating assistant? Well, what's the difference? Well, and when well, you say the... PA, producer assistant, I'm sure is much different from a regular PA. That's true. That's correct. That, yes. That is yes. very correct. Even though they have the same acronym. Very right, different. Right. I'm throwing the lingo out there. So good call out. But go ahead. Yeah. So the, uh, the difference. So you're asking what the difference is from my old job to my new job. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 
you know, I'm going to find out when I get there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'll find out. I love it. But like <laughs> the when next someone, season of Doom Patrol. But like when someone says that they're a producer assistant for Mel Gibson, for instance. So or for they someone, wouldn't say that. They'd say they were a cast assistant okay. Uh, okay. for an actor. You so know, uh, what, what does that work day entail? So that entails making smoothies, getting laundry, bringing their jacket to set, uh, reading lines with them. A lot of like things that just are annoying or trivial. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's not a lot of, luckily on on Doom Patrol, you know, my boss, he he knows I want to be a producer and he'll give me like responsibility, like and cool projects to tackle, whether it's like coordinating all the EPK, EPK is like the behind the scenes stuff sure. like with HBO max or like um, for instance, there was, I mean, we do a lot of weird stuff on the show. Like there was a puppet unit in episode three of, the, of, um, of season one. And mm-hmm. so like, I kind of coordinated like the, between the vet, like it doesn't really fall into a specific. Uh, <laughs> no, it didn't really fall into a specific like uh, department. So sure. when things like that fall into the lap, it's kind of like Gideon throws me in uh, to kind of connect the dots and make sure that, because we're moving so quickly that everyone's on the same page and like it's getting done. And, um, yeah. you know, so I get to kind of help out in that way. And it's That's cool because awesome. I love the show and I, you know, it's cool to feel like a part of making it happen a little bit, you know, cool. awesome. just getting the laundry or the coffee. No, that's, uh, that's incredible. Uh, the fact that, you know, he basically trusts you at this point to be able to, to, coordinate all that stuff that's a that's a big deal especially in that industry because i know it's it's hard to trust at that point because you just, everything's moving so quickly um and the stakes are so high that's awesome the final thing i'll tell you about the next season is it's going to be zanier and weirder than all the other seasons combined I'm oh sure. that is wow. that is saying something because so, everything that i know about this show is zany we always stop it they, the writers just they always stop it i mean Jeremy, our showrunner, is like a mastermind of all the weirdness of this show. And then his writers are all like these little, like they just, they all just come up with the craziest ideas. And every season we're wowed. It's just like always stacking the stakes to weirder and weirder. <laughs> I absolutely love that. So, and then, so let's switch gears a little bit. So you got your documentary uh, that is like, hell, I won't Todd McFarlane. Um, can you tell us what that is for those who haven't watched it? I, I got a chance to, and it was, I really did enjoy it. Well, it's a documentary, Andrew. Yeah. I, Zach, did you watch it? I did actually. So I, I watched oh, it. I almost like, got like, you. I almost got you. <laughs> oh, gotcha. So, okay. So like hell, I won't is a documentary about uh, this dude named Todd McFarlane. He created the comic book character Spawn. He created the comic book company called Image Comics he also has a toy company called McFarlane Toys. Uh, the guy is like a dynamo of, of just so much. Um, and so the documentary tries to uh, basically give you a look at his life uh, and all the things he's accomplished, but from a very like personal and heartfelt perspective, which we really hadn't seen done on it, him before. And my, my good friend, uh, you know, and the director of the film, David Oster, he wanted to take like a, a really cool approach to this. Uh, there's a documentary series on Netflix called Chef's Table. And yes, so he wanted yes, to do yes. like Chef's Table, but about comic book creator, about a comic book creator. Oh, that's awesome. And 
It was a brilliant take, oh. and Sci-Fi didn't really know what they were saying yes to. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, huh. uh, you know, he uh, stayed true to his vision, and I helped him duke it out and battle to keep that vision because sometimes they just wanted more spawn, and we're like, no, sure. his wife is the story. Right. And yeah, that's a key the part end, of it. We all, we all got to the same page, and I'm really happy that we, you know, fought for that vision because uh, it's a special little project, and I'm, I'm really proud of it. So did you get looped in – like? Like, did you know you were going to make this for a long period of time? Did you get roped in pretty quick? Like, how, how, did, how, this, how did this come about? So my buddy David pitched for it, um, like, six months earlier. Okay. And then something happened with the deal on the end with Sci-Fi and the ad agency Tongle where they didn't really – I think they they put out the pitch notice like too soon. And okay. so they kept kind of talking to David here and there. And I'm like, well, if this happens, it'd be cool, David. But like, I'm working, I'm doing Doom right. Patrol. I'm, you know, I just started on another project. And five days before San Diego Comic-Con. <gasps> no. He call, David calls me, he goes, Chenzi, I got the project. And I'm like, Comic-Con's in five days. And he's like, yeah, they <laughs> want us to cover it. And I was like, I just started a new job, but are you sure? And he's like, yeah. I was like, get me on the phone with them. So I literally get out of the office of the job I just got. Oh, <laughs> and wow. I like, I like kind of pretend to be his manager. And I'm like, Hey, so you want to go to Comic-Con and film in five days with no money. Uh, and you want, sorry, you want David to lay out money. And they're like, no, 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 like we're going to pay you. It's fine. It's just like, it won't get to turn around quick enough. I'm like, that's not good enough. I need this in writing. And I start like acting like a lawyer to this dude on the phone. <laughs> who ended up being, he was, he ended up, I didn't know at the time, but his name was Steve. He was going to be one of the producers of the project. And I, oh, no. <laughs> I, I was like, dun, 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 dun. but uh, no, it all worked out fine. We went to Comic-Con. I like hired a bunch of my friends to come out there with me. And I'd never been, I always wanted to go. Like yeah. that was such a cool leg of the trip. But like, we had no prep time. It was kind of like film, just go there and film. And like, we didn't get any like premiere, like passes or anything. Like right. it was very much up to me to figure it all out. Like oh, I needed wow. David to focus on like the creative end. And yeah. I was just kind of like, all right, I'll figure this out. So I like scoped everything out. Sci-fi had like a base in San uh, Diego. Uh -huh. And I like went to the building. I was like, Hey, uh, I'm sure you a documentary for you guys. Uh, I need some crew passes. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I need something that says crew. And they're like, we don't, we don't have a pass that says that. And I looked at this poor girl, this poor, this poor young girl. <laughs> she had this lanyard on with like a crew badge. I'm like, what about that? I need seven of those right now or else I'm not going to be able to film this thing. I need seven of those right now. And she's like, uh, 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 those, right. That those exact ones, they say, I need seven right now. I'm not leaving. And she's like, Oh, okay. Let me see what I can do. And she like walks away. And I'm just like standing there just like, Oh yeah. Look official. Yeah, I told her. She comes, she's like, okay, so I got four of these. I was like, all right, that's good enough. Thanks. <laughs> I, was like, well, yeah. I, was, I was expecting you to be like, and with yours is five. Bye. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, we, and then it was the day before Comic-Con started. So oh, gosh, uh, after this, after this story, I have to stop. Cause I will say too many stories. There's I, so no, this is stories. great. I love it. So it's the day before and they opened the floor for the shops. It's before all the panels. And mm -hmm. so I'm walking with my crew and I'm like, okay, let's scout out all the, um, the uh, rooms we're going to film in, the, right. the panel rooms. There's a security guard standing there. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm with, uh, with Sci-Fi. We're the documentary crew. 
I just walk with purpose right past the, <gasps> this is my crew. We didn't have enough pad store. We weren't even supposed to go there. I just like, you just, you walk with confidence. That's yeah, how you yep. get things done. Uh-huh. You know, yep. I, I grew up in New York. So like, this is just how we do things. You know? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I love it. You just, you just go, go, go. So uh, there were a lot of little instances with like that. And uh, I mean, I found the guy who was probably going to get us in trouble. I like found him first and was like, Hey, this is what's happening. I'm with Saifa. They, um, you know, I don't know if they've talked to you. Oh, they haven't. Well, let me talk to you and let you know <laughs> this is what's going on. He's like, oh, well, you're not really supposed to. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting because, and then like, I, I made something up on the fly. I'm sure he was like, well, okay, just make sure you don't, you know, stand in the hallways and this, that, the other, whatever. I was like, okay, cool. And then like, I saw him walking the floor when we were filming. I would just give it a little, hey, yeah, hey. How's it like, going, yeah. Oh, they're there. They're. I'm like, oh, I got it. 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 <laughs> you know like <laughs> like so um yeah no that was it was that's crazy wow yeah walk with confidence talk, talk about a hustle man oh talk it's amazing what you can do with a badge and confidence yeah <laughs> yeah something that says crew <laughs> <laughs> um how did this get picked up by sci-fi so sci-fi actually commissioned the project okay. um and then went to the ad agency tangle which i believe they've worked with before uh, to kind of put out a like a pitch call like for uh, for a documentary about an iconic comic book character they didn't or creator they didn't say who and that's my buddy David pitched for it um, and and originally I wasn't even attached to the project so I was just working like yeah, yeah I was not involved at all with like the initial pitch or anything like he showed it to me I would, like bounced some notes off him but like I didn't expect that I was gonna be able to actually do it because I'm always so busy that like dropping everything and then also for it to line up where i can go back to doom patrol too that was like a whole thing like but yeah. we were able to make it yeah. make it work where i kind of took a step back because i went back to to doom patrol and you know thankfully my boss gideon he was like all like yeah like you know whatever time you need like with the overlap like i think i had to come a little bit later or whatever but it was cool it was it worked it all worked out there that's awesome well, well uh, go for it go for it zach well i was just say before we leave um like hell i won't you know what was it like getting into the DC office? Cause I mean, you're in there. In that, the was, documentary so that, if I recall. that was, that was cool. Yeah. Um, we got to interview Jim Lee in the DC office that, and the DC office was so cool. It was so cool. And at that point, yeah, like, I mean, I hear it's pretty Superman. So like, tell me about it. You're going to have to stop Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's, a, it's a miracle. You're a married man. Like <laughs> your poor wife. I have two children. I have two children. <laughs> Let the record reflect. Okay. Whatever. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no, uh, you know, it was really cool being there. And I remember actually that day I was wearing uh, a doom patrol zip up. And I remember Jim Lee was like, Oh, cool hoodie. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I was That's so, amazing. I was like, yay because like at that time nobody had heard doom patrol just uh, like right now no one's heard of doom patrol like who's this guy talking about doom patrol go watch it it's on hbo I, it's really fun i i know uh, what doom patrol is but like when season one came out we were like this is so special but it was on this thing called dc universe that like mm-hmm. no one had right, right right so um yeah we stream too <laughs> yeah no it's just it was it was a struggle and so you know working on something and being so passionate about something that nobody knows it was it was cool jim lee i mean of course jim lee's gonna know what it is a dc property but it was cool that he knew what it was thanks you know? jim thanks thanks jim o'pal <laughs> <laughs> um 
Oh, I do have one more oh, McFarlane story. Take uh, it. So being in the McFarlane HQ was so cool. Um, I bet. You know, I worked with his awesome team, uh, Carmen, who runs all the operation, and Shannon, who was like his right hand at the time. Now she's doing something different in the company, but amazing people. Uh, but we wanted to get these shots of – we didn't want to just be in an office. Like we got Comic-Con shots. We got in the office. But right. we David was like, Chenzi, I want to get shots of him like outside somewhere cool, you know? And I, he's like, like a mountain or something. So I'm like there for two weeks and trying to get clearance on like – state parks or whatever and i find this mountain so they're filming at todd's house i'm scouting this mountain i like didn't drink at all that day it's like so hot in arizona yeah it's like balls mm-hmm. hot like so like <laughs> i am like dehydrated i'm gonna pass out like walking up this mountain like taking a video and i'm just like the video is so funny i'm like huffing and puffing so much like and like i'm going like i'm like, like oh i should find that video somewhere it's somewhere but um Sounds like uh, it was a hot like, set. It, well, it was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so the next day we go and we film there. It's really cool. We get the opening shots of the film. Yeah. Um, Todd's on the mountaintop. It's awesome. Right. And afterwards he's like, all right, guys, like uh, you ever gone to the beer cave? And we're like, what? He's like, follow me. So we get in the car and we follow him to a gas station. We all get slur- He buys us all Slurpees. And then there's this ice box, like where all the ice drinks would be. And it's huh? just a giant ice box room of beer and beer cave. And Todd doesn't drink, but he's like hangs out in the beer cave when it gets too hot out. And we're all just like, we're all just dying laughing. There's like a picture too. He's like going like this. And there's a big size of beer cave. And we just were all chilling in the beer cave. It was great. Literally. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Sip wow. on our Slurpees. Yeah, it was, it was a fun time. That is time. so cool. All right. Well, hey, Chenzi, if you could green light a project right now, what would it be that you get up off the ground? Ooh. So my own project Ooh. or like in the world? I'll tell you whatever you want. Any uh, project. So Free reign. I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, my good friend, Zach, not you, Yoakum, different Zach. Oh, uh, burn. Another, <laughs> he didn't no, even have just, to think, no, he, didn't, he didn't have to think long about that one. He was like a real good Zach. <laughs> I have a lot of Zach's the trash Zach I have right here. I have probably a good four or five Zach's in my life. It's so funny. There's so many, too many Zach's, but, uh, I agree. He, he's, he's another gifted, uh, creative back from my film school days. He's got this feature film. I'm currently breaking down, trying to package to produce in the near future. Uh, it's this little gem of a movie I relate to a ton. I can't really say more about it because he'd probably get mad. But uh, okay. you know, it's it's a it's a cool feature film that uh, I'm I'm working on getting off the ground because I really I want to be able to produce that and kind of have it as my first feature film outing if I can. Because oh, think that's it's, cool. Uh, yeah, nice. it's cool. It's it's fun. And you're you're producing that one. Yes, I'm attached to produce it, but I gotta find some money and I gotta I have the crew already. That's fine. I'm just That's, uh I just gotta pay it down and budgeting it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Small details, details. Details, details, details. So <laughs> any other projects that you're like, dude, I've gotta talk about this. Oh, I mean, I already mentioned it earlier, but last night in Soho, go see that movie. Okay. Edgar, again, genius. Getting to see his movies in a theater is always a treat. I, I saw Scott Pilgrim, the 10th anniversary. 4k a few months ago i saw it twice in theaters when it aired i've seen world's end in theaters i saw baby driver in theaters i didn't catch hot fuzz or Shaun of the dead in theaters i gotta whenever it's playing again i gotta go see that but uh his movie's just visually so much fun like go see that movie he's so underrated people don't know he exists i just like uh i want everyone like i want when a edgar wright movie comes out for everyone to go see it the way that they like a christopher nolan movie's coming out 
Yeah. You know, like I just, it, it, he's you just, just too good of a filmmaker to not go see. No, it makes sense. You want audiences to do right by him. I get it. Yeah. Cause I want him to keep getting the money to, to do all the awesome things he does. You know, that's yeah. my biggest fear is that, you know, they just keep, uh, they don't, they don't give him the money to do an awesome project. Cause it will always be an awesome project. That's awesome. Well, I, uh, that is definitely now more on my radar than it was previously, but I've heard amazing things about the project so far. Like I'm hearing really good stuff. Um, so I'll check it out. Well, any personal projects that you're working on that we should know about? All right. So is this, I did oh, is mention this, at the, this, is this yeah, the one? This is, uh, so I mentioned at the beginning of this, uh, about an adult party card game, uh, during the pandemic, cause everything was shut down. David, the director of the documentary and I, uh, we are always pitching each other movies and we ended up creating just a little over a year ago now, uh, an adult party card game called made up movies. Uh, it centers around pitching ridiculous movie reboots. It's a ton of fun. And you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, you don't have to worry about like making up a lot of stuff. Cause we give you a lot of the pieces mm-hmm. and literally anyone can play it. And uh, it goes off the rails, uh, and essentially, um, yeah, we've been tooling it now, again, a little bit over a year, and we're planning on launching the Kickstarter sometime in the spring. Oh, that's fun. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So keep your eyes peeled for it. It's truly unlike any card game you've ever played. Oh, that's it does awesome. Have a little does have a little improv element. So okay. nice. Okay. It's, okay. I think Zach will really like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Surprise. If it has to do with puns, then he's all on board. So I'm be up. No, no, I love card <laughs> games. It's it's you know I always like to shuffle things up. Mm, that, that when was... you've got the link to that uh, Kickstarter, send it my way, and I'll make sure our guys see it. Oh, I have two fingers that I can, not these ones for Zach. <laughs> 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 uh, I can count yeah. on two fingers why I really don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll definitely uh, send it over. We're just, you know, we, we spent all summer in the legal process and getting that sure. all done. And, you know, mm. we, uh, we have a prototype. We've been, we've been testing a ton and, uh, you know, actually went on back in Atlanta in a few weeks here, we should all get together and play. I'll let you guys oh, play the project. There you go. That Wait, we could be game testers. That Done. is you can no be joke. A, like that's a life goal is to be a game tester. Yep. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. You guys definitely. Okay. Yeah. We'll get together. I'm going to be back in town on the 29th. So just. Okay. Gonna, okay. Like, if you want to see how this game performs with 25 to 35 married white males, here you go. <laughs> we are Perfect. that demographic right here. Perfect. Well, I'll have you guys over. We'll play it. It'll be, be great. Good. It'll be a good great, time. Man. Great. Well, well, any advice that you have, just final question, any advice that you have to any aspiring producers that are out there? So a few things. Oh, one, you, you got to treat people right. I couldn't mm-hmm. have done any projects uh, that I've done in the past, you know, without the friends or the connections I've cultivated over the years, you got to treat people right. It's the only way, I, I mean, as dorky as it sounds, uh, as the powerful Sora from Kingdom Hearts once say, <laughs> my friends are my strength, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, it's or all Ike, people. Ike from Super Smash Brothers. I fight for my friends, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Super Smash Brothers <laughs> just bridges uh, all the divides. You know, uh, be as organized as you can, because uh, there is a lot of organization that comes with producing. Right. Um, you know, and never burn any bridges if you can help it. Yeah. Obviously, you can't always win, but you never know. I mean, you never know when it might come back around. And that's not why you treat people right. But it helps if you didn't burn a bridge and either they need you, you need them, whatever, you know, like, so just 
you know, always do right by people and, you know, just find creative people that uh, just kind of, you guys feel each other's fire, uh, your passion yeah. for film or television or commercials or tabletop photography, whatever it is, you know, find those people that you inspire each other to, you know, go and do this stuff. Cause when you do a project, you are in it 110%. It is like your whole, becomes your whole life. And you guys, you guys know when you're doing, you know, e even the smallest thing, it's just like, it becomes all encompassing yep. and yeah. it's all about the people that got your back, you know? Mm -hmm. So really, right. and if you can, you know, work um, in a production office, you know, handling all the paperwork and everything and being on that side of it, you know, I always tell people, people ask me all the time, like, Oh, I want to be a producer assistant. Like, how can I do that? Uh, I always tell people you should have set PA experience and office PA experience because hmm. a lot of producers end up, they're in the office, then they're on set. And it's really important to know like the ground level, uh, observe everything that's kind of happening. Even if you don't have a chance to do all the jobs, right. observe all the jobs. Soak yeah. it all in because, you know, that's, that's what's going to benefit you. Yeah. And that's lastly, awesome. and most importantly, get a badge that says crew and walk with confidence. <laughs> oh yeah act act like you're supposed to be there yep, yep. act like you're the boss yep but don't <laughs> yeah right jenzy this was awesome i could ask a million more questions i'm sure we're gonna ask more in the after show but uh hey yeah. let's let's uh oh what, what you got well i was gonna say i'm sure we could spawn plenty more questions exactly. why did i give you the you floor had to give i had to give time of day <laughs> i know this does not stop, Shenzi. It does not. We need like I, a I cinema sin counter on you, Zach. Like, I took that just one pun to McFarlane. Zach, game <laughs> testing is on the line. You literally are about to waste it. Uninvited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all I know is that Andrew and Brett are going to come back from like a fun night. I'd be like, what did you guys do? And then when y'all go, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it was that game testing with Chinzy, wasn't it? <laughs> I missed it. No. <laughs> oh, it was pun in a million chance. Well, hey, guys, let's wrap this thing up and give our closing thoughts and pun count. Well, hey, guys, any closing thoughts before we go? <laughs> I was, I don't know, I'm like this is Oscar what do I do what do I do I've been talking for like an hour like, yeah. uh, we almost need to turn, keep this we uh, please keep not this my turn, turn. <laughs> closing thoughts nope uh, alright so fun I'm just horrible nobody liked it okay great <laughs> so happy to help alright well, no, no, I've I got will... something my uh my thoughts are you are such a wealth of stories already mm -hmm. and your career in Hollywood's just getting started. I almost feel like we need to have just like a Hollywood stories night, like just for you to come around and say some fun stories that you've experienced in Hollywood. Just give you the mic for a couple hours oh, yeah. and we'll just, whatever comes out of your mouth. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Like going to maybe, the beer Maybe cave, off the like, record. <laughs> uh, hey, maybe so. I'll have to make it off the record stories and the, on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, hey, we, that's perfect for the after show, right? And yeah. we can mm -hmm. we can set up a table maybe. for you to dance on um, and invite Taika Waititi. So, I'll need a couple of white claws. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. yeah. <laughs> well, hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Huge thank you to Chenzi for joining us tonight here on the show. Much appreciated. Thanks Brett, you want to help? Brett, you want to help close us out? Yeah, man. So if you want to hear more stuff like this, follow and subscribe us on our mm -hmm. channel. Uh, it allows us to do more things, especially if you like and leave us a comment. It starts spreading to other people like that. So 
Same to you, Chenzi. If your friends want to hear more about this podcast, share it on, man. And hey, go to our website, dagumnerds.com. We've got our merch store, place to contact us, leave a question, and our Patreon program. We got tons of perks so that you can be a guest on this show. No, you don't have to have a Hollywood career. Just stick around with us six months and we'll get your butt in the hot seat here. And you can talk to us and tell us about your wonderful life. And then, hey, in addition to that, you get a special channel on Discord. We got a special place for our patrons on there, but we got a open spot always for everybody who wants to join us. We are always having a ton of fun on there. And if you want daggum nerds all throughout your week, it's a great place to connect with us. You get to kind of just stand side by side with our fans and it's always a blast. Mm -hmm. Wait, so I didn't have to work 10 years slaving away to... Nope. For myself to be just the guest. like I feel so cheated. This is this is no so use. This is the kingmaker <laughs> position right here. Yeah. Uh... Well, hey guys, if you want to take away two things from today, be sure to follow and subscribe, and then also be sure to go to dagumnerds.com. Chenzi, anything that you want to plug before we go? I mean, uh, check out Made Up Movies, the card game, uh, <laughs> in weeks to come. I mean, soon to Kickstarter near you. Yeah, uh, and then uh, uh, if you guys want to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is just Chenzy, C-H-E-N-Z-Y and my Twitter where I post a lot of fun behind the scenes photos from Doom Patrol specifically uh, is Super Chenzy, uh, all one word. Nice. I love it. Zach, dare I ask, what is the pun count for today? Oh, we are at a very healthy pun count for today. We are at 24. Oh my puns. gosh. Healthy. I mean, we're we're like Spencer levels of puns tonight. Healthy is are not you a sure good it was only 24? Yeah, I know. It felt you I felt like every a lot one more. of them. Well, yeah. I, you helped contribute to several of them, Chinzy. I know it's funny. As you listen, listeners, at like the first half of this podcast, he was like, oh, this is fun. I'll contribute. And then as we got further along, he's like, I hate your guts. <laughs> Shut your face, Zach. <laughs> Wait, that is all we've got for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you later, Dagum nerds. Game over.